Baldy with the Baldy Reports. I'm a 30-year veteran with combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. My co-host is Joe Bitts, who also served in Iraq, retired after 10 years from being medically discharged for stepping on a IED. So how's it going, Joe? Great, John. So I'd like to welcome those who are listening from Heroes Media Group. I would like to thank them for their support and keep on listening. We hope our insight will entice you to keep listening and Get your friends and family. Let's talk guns. And we've never, ever talked about guns. No, this is almost 100 podcasts. And we haven't talked gun control. Uh, yeah, we're both Marines. And, and we've we never, both like firearms. Yeah, we both love firearms. And we've never talked yeah. about gun control on this because it was a little bit different under the Trump administration. And it almost seemed like as soon as... The Biden administration kicked in. All of a sudden, there are there's more gun violence. There, there was two, I guess you would say, two mass <laughs> shootings within a week. One of them, Asian massage parlor. The other one was a grocery store. The one of the guys was, I wouldn't say a religious nut, but the first guy with the massage parlor, maybe a little unbalanced and felt really guilty from his religious beliefs of doing this. And that was his kind of way to quell his he just had but in both cases both of them had some type of mental illness now what about this one in uh, boulder he from the reports he had some mental illness his family was trying to get him committed trying to get him help that's the other problem that if you look at almost all the mass shootings almost all of them have some type of mental issue, some kind of mental imbalance, some kind of mental problem. But I think that's almost in general, like the person that steals a car, that person that robs that robs a bank, especially to, to those abhorrent crimes of like rape and stuff like that. There has to be some kind of mental illness equivalency. Well, but see, the thing that's different on that when you rob a bank or you steal something, here you're going into a grocery store. And you're shooting random people you've never met before. It's just like the Parkland shooting. This kid had serious mental illness that could have been prevented. And there's reports said that they just botched it at all levels from the local state to all the way up to the federal level. And he's allowed to be in the school. But let's go to the first one, the first shooting uh, in Georgia. Was there, okay, we understand through a lot of the other mass shootings that there was some kind of FBI connection. Was there any FBI connection with this person individually? That I don't know. I've, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard it. And we're still new. I know that shooting was a week ago. Yeah. And we're still looking at, there was reports, but I don't know how accurate they are, mm-hmm. that there was some involvement with law enforcement in the Boulder shooting. But I'm not positive, well, and I don't want to speculate that there was. Same. I heard that the FBI had some involvement, yet this guy still was able to get a gun. A lot of the problem on this is, I know when the Democrats talk about background checks, the background checks is only as good as what goes into the system. Now, I think the one in Boulder, he had some criminal activity, but that didn't get into the system. If if you remember the mass shooting they had in, I think, Texas, and this was by a discharged or dishonorably discharged military personnel, I believe from the Air Force. But the Air Force should have put it into the system, and it didn't get put into the system. Is it called a straw law, or was it when the, the laws come to guns? Not That could be deferred to what we're just going to do for this podcast is do an overview of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to do for the next podcast in a week, we're going to have a, a person named John Kennedy. 
He owns Kennedy Consulting, and he is a, has a federal firearm license. He is a gun dealer. Mm-hmm. He teaches concealed carry classes. He's an expert on the gun control law. Yeah. So when we come to all this, we can ask him that question, these questions, yeah. and a bunch of other questions. But on this one, it's the debate's heating up. It barely yeah. was once the shooting was known, automat- everybody jumps on the Second Amendment. Yeah. Either it all depends where you're from, what, where you situate. Now, the debate comes in. The debate's always been there, especially in the recent years. Now, the, the Second Amendment to the Constitution reads this. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, I was reading a book on by Antonio Scalia, the, the famous jurist from the Supreme Court who died a couple of years ago, and he wrote a book called Scalia's Court. And others took excerpts of what he stated on gun control. And this two part, there's two parts to this. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. When the country was f- first founded, we didn't have a large standing army. We had a militia. So everybody, mili- everybody who was a part of that militia was needed a firearm so they can stand up. Now, there's some schools of thought saying we don't need guns anymore because we have police, the National Guard, and things like that. But it's interesting in the, the Bill of Rights or the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, the second and the fourth state the right of the people. Now, in the Fourth Amendment, it says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, and papers. It doesn't say collective or a group. It says the right of the people. That means individually, you should be secure in your persons, houses, papers, and effects. Just like it says in the Second Amendment, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. That means the individual has a right to keep and bear arms. Now, that's the big debate going on. Now, even Judge Scalia said the Second Amendment is not unlimited, just like free speech isn't unlimited. You mm-hmm. can't scream fire in a crowded building. So the government can put restrictions on that. Yeah. And there you go. What restrictions on that? But so they have gone to, I guess, maybe the latter where they start limiting ammunition capacity or magazines. I think they're my, actually for this area, if they're not going to go after the guns, maybe they'll just go after the ammunition. Like anything, if they think it's bad for you, they'll just tax the hell out of it. And then it's going to be hard for you to afford a box of ammo. That case came up. It was in, it was Heller versus, I think it was Heller versus Washington, D.C. I think it was 2008. There was a, I think it was a D.C. police officer who wanted to get a concealed carry permit or something like that. He went to his police chief and the police chief said no. Well, he sued saying that wasn't the case. And you can't, we'll hold this. I'll see you when you're done. That was a deal. Close the door. Okay. Okay, the point that you brought up was in a case that came to the Supreme Court in 2008. It was Heller versus D.C., where an individual in Washington, D.C., I think it was a police officer, went to the police chief to have a concealed carry permit, and he was turned down. And D.C. has a very strict gun control policy that if you have one, you're supposed to keep it locked up. You're supposed to have it disassembled. They put extreme restrictions. Now, California, I believe, and we'll learn more about this next week, 
but California put something out where you need to buy ammo, you have to get a background check. And so they're putting all these restrictions that goes against this. Now, the government can do certain things, but they're really making it harder and harder for you to own a firearm. Now, we're lucky we live in Florida, but even... There's elements here that want to do the same thing. Yeah, I can pretty much, and it's not illegal. I could just, I can meet some guy. He'd be like, "Hey, I'm selling a gun." I'd be like, "Hey, I want to buy a gun." No. Without, I don't even think without even showing ID, I could just hand him money. He hands me the gun. And it's, I don't know the full. When you say that, I don't know the full laws in Florida. I know, and we should actually do this as maybe a Ubaldi reports on the go or something like that. But we should actually go to a gun show because when you go there, you actually see people just like. Holding a gun uh, on their shoulder, and it's properly, it's they make sure you zip tie it, and it's properly, it's safe. And it's, but you'll see them holding signs saying, selling this gun. That's the one thing when we have the next week. We're just giving an overview of, to kind of prep what's going on. So next week, so when John Kennedy comes on, he can answer some of these questions. Now, I spoke to him on the phone because he's at a shooting course in Nevada. What are, between now and next week when we do this, what's going to change? What are some of the outlandish things that are coming out? Now, he will describe what is, we keep hearing assault weapon. What does that mean? What does it mean on some of these terms that get thrown out so loosely? Everybody assumes you can buy an automatic weapon. You can't. There's a certain licensing for that. Now, each state is different. There's no universal requirement on different guns per state. So it's not like there's a federal, this is the federal requirement for all states. They revert that back to the state. So Florida has maybe looser gun laws, definitely, than Colorado, which has very strict gun control, and definitely California, which definitely has strict gun control. So each state is different. We'll have to see how this plays out. Yeah, so going back into the way Florida works is that it's all about the lower receiver. And there's one piece of whether it's a pistol or a rifle, but it's just it's a stock and it can be completely bare bones. And it's just one serialized piece of gear. And then everything else, you can just purchase that willy-nilly anywhere you want off the Internet. comes to your house. You could build your gun right then and there. You only have to be accountable for one part. And even online orders now, if I want a gun in Denver, basically what's going to happen is, like, I purchase it. They're going to send it over to the nearest gun store in my area. I go there. I show my ID. And we're good to go. But, see, the thing is... When it comes to gun control, that's a question that needs to be answered. And we talked about a little bit about this. Now, I think you need to have a background check. I think most Americans would agree to that. But the background check is only as good as what goes into the system. So if something doesn't get put into the system, and I think it was in Texas with that military personnel who was dishonorably discharged, the Air Force didn't put in that he was dishonorably discharged. He wasn't able to get a firearm. Okay. So then there was a shooting in, I think, Georgia or the Carolinas a couple of years ago. They didn't put into the system. And then when they had the Parkland shooting, which is very reprehensible, all those students were killed at Parkland High. But the one thing they failed to mention is this kid had severe mental illness. And one of, and the administration of the high school said, if you see this kid walking with a backpack, get somebody because he's not supposed to have that. Yeah. And then the big question is mental illness. It's We had a person in our church. He made a threat against one of the women in the church huh. that he, in his mind, that she liked him and he, she, he wanted nothing to do with him. So she got a restraining order and she... 
Thank God she lived in Florida because she went out and got her concealed carry permit. She got the training. Yeah. She was practicing all that stuff. So when I was talking with one of our church leaders about it, and they were concerned. So they made sure we were all had some kind of security to be careful and everything. But I asked him, so why don't you have him committed? And we can't. The law doesn't prevent us from doing that. So even though this guy clearly has a mental illness, mm. and this is a guy that was pulling his teeth out with a, a plier. Really? But you couldn't commit him. There are certain rules and regulations on that, and it, only his family could do it, but he didn't have any family. Yeah, but okay, where does that come down to? Because a lot of military guys getting out of the military, especially over the past decade plus, oh, I'm sorry, it's going to be 20 years here soon. And there's a lot of them, or I would say the majority of them have what they like to call PTSD. Well, there's about 6%, it isn't a lot, but 6 to 7% have PTSD. Okay. And then where does that stack when they own a weapon? Because they're not allowed to own a weapon because a friend of mine, she tried to get a concealed carry permit, but she's been diagnosed with PTSD. By who? And but, how do they know that? That must get into the system somehow. But how? If that is medical information, isn't there a HIPAA? No, there must be something that's, that states that they can put that in, that they have PTSD or they had a, they've been to them and that's it. They're not given into the details of what it is. But it's just if you have... I P- think that's some voluntary information given over. No, I, don't, we, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I really don't. We don't know, but she said she was denied a concealed carry permit. But it had to have been something else. She doesn't know what it was. Because even like domestic disturbance can get you not a weapon. There's a lot of things that can get put into the system. Yeah. But so that's the problem I'm having with gun control. Yes. Should there be a mental... Should people that are mentally unfit not have a weapon? Yes. But there are certain levels of their mental ability so if i had ptsd and i so now i'm not supposed to have but here's it but here's a i have a friend of mine out in california he's a big gun enthusiast and he takes rec let me see was it medicinal marijuana yeah and i told him you got to be careful of that mm-hmm. because if you have a marijuana card the courts have ruled whether you use it or not, they just assume that if you have it, you're going to use it. You will not be able to get a firearm. And a lot of actually, so that same thing is going on in Denver right now is that before it was actually legal recreationally, it was used medically. So people are now giving up their medical cards to get their gun rights back because what is it? What do they matter? You can go on any corner right now and get what whatever marijuana needs. But the big problem is mental. Mental illness is a severe problem in this country. The shooting they had up in, was it Connecticut? I think it was in 2013 when a bunch of kids were killed in that elementary school. The guy clearly had mental illness. But like in California, they, especially when it deals with the homeless, a lot of these homeless have mental illness. Yeah. California back in 2001, 2002 passed, I think, a sales tax or a tax on the wealthy to pay for mental health services. Then they look and they're having a hard time finding out where $2 billion went to. Okay. You look at Mayor de Blasio, his wife was in charge of mental health services for the city of New York. She doesn't know where $900 million went. Okay. <laughs> so you, you want to do it both. You want to say you want to do this, but you want to do that, but you're not fixing the crux of the problem. But what, okay, what are you opening up when you start scrutinizing mental health Okay, if you're mentally unfit, you can't have a gun. Okay, if you, guess what? If you're mentally unfit, you can't drive a car. If you're mentally fit, you can't well, have a job. There's you know? limitations on that. My question, going back to the gun control issue, is 
When I was a kid, I'm a little bit older than you, Joe. Not by much, but just a, a tad. Yeah. When I was a kid, I don't remember these mass shootings like this. I really don't. There was no, it seems every other couple of weeks we hear of mass shooting. Yeah. But when I was a kid, you had, you could walk into a, a sporting goods store, pick out a rifle, pick out a pistol. The only requirement is, I think at the time, you had to be 21 to own a pistol, 18 to own a, a, a rifle of some sort. Well, down south, you used to be able to bring your rifle to You could shoot. do that. Yeah. Even in California, you could put it in the back of your truck up on a rack. You could bring your rifle to school. And I even think it's some of it's probably still like that in middle America where there's a lot of hunting. But see, what I would like to find out is the correlation between, and I know people are going to beat me up on this one, the correlation when to the for what happened 40 years ago when the nuclear family was more stable than it is now. Back in the day when I was a kid, there was one kid, one of my friend, best friend, he came from a divorced family. Everybody else in school had two parents. So I would like to know what's the correlation between... But the availability. The, what do you mean? Maybe there's more available. Okay, it's easier. Okay, not it's easier, but is it easier to get a gun... That way, it's easier to, you don't have to, is it easier to get a gun? I should ask, yes. I think it's harder to get a gun because you have more of the background checks. You have more requirements to how to get a gun. Now, each state is different. Like, we we were speaking with a gentleman a couple months ago who owns a gun gun safe company. And he said up in New York, it takes almost 18 months to get a handgun because of all the restrictions they put in. Yeah. So it's harder that way. Now, when it comes to gun control, it's going to be a little difficult now. And it's not just from Republicans, because remember what happened last year. When the riots happened, you were on your own. Yeah. So a lot of cities, my brother lives in Seattle, and there's a, many places where some of the citizens were worried because they called the police, and the police never came. So going back, so going back a little bit with, I don't, okay, I'm a 50-50 on the mental illness approach or the mental health approach. When it comes to owning a gun, because I honestly believe that the one people, one person you want to have guns in their hand when it comes to that situation are like our military or former military. Well, I'm sure there. I don't know all the mental health requirements, but even those with PTSD, like my friend, she has PTSD. Hmm. She's not nuts. Her P, her PTSD came from. Her prior to joining the military, she didn't come from a very stable family life, but she's normal. She raises a child. She's a good, strong worker. So there are requirements. They just probably someone signs off on it. But it's we got to be careful because once you give up that and that's the debate is the Second Amendment applicable to today because we got police and we've got National Guard. But even with the police, you see the Democratic Party want to defund the police. They say they don't. But listen to your progressive lawmakers. Look at my brother's city of Seattle. They gutted their police department. Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York took a billion dollars from the police and crime went up. So also another thing that I heard is that so not only are they going to ask for a background check for, I don't know, a case of ammo, but they want to know the background of the people you're living with and the people you associate. So that's and then the question becomes, who keeps all this data? Yeah. When the government controls it, it's, it's just too much big brother there. There is. But I think that's always been the democratic way. Not necessarily. It just seems in the last 20, 25 years, yeah. especially now, they believe in 
bigger government. Because remember, Bill Clinton said that, I think in 96, that the era of big government is over. Hmm. Well, that changed under Barack Obama. And now Joe Biden's president. And he had a $1.9 trillion stimulus. Now he's talking about a $3 trillion economic infrastructure package. And then you got the Medicare for all and all these. It's just government gets larger and more intrusive into our lives. Hmm. And I just think it's a mistake. Now, do you think it's a bad idea for them to do uh to try to confiscate our guns yes because it's where do they stop yeah and and that goes back to the second amendment like i said it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms Mm -hmm. it doesn't say a collective it doesn't say any of that stuff it says the right of the people just like it says in the fourth Mm -hmm. amendment the right of the people to be secure in their persons Houses, papers, and effects. So why has this always been an ongoing issue with gun control? Why is the government always trying to restrict our access? Because Cause I know Bill, Bill Clinton did something with the uh, assault weapons ban, correct. and then that was projected when Hillary was going to take offices that she was maybe going to extend that or, or revisit that. And then Trump actually did, I think, more gun control than maybe the predecessor, Obama, when it comes to just banning bump stock. The bump stock ban came out of that mass shooting they had in Las Vegas. But see, the Democrats now believe they know it's better because Mm -hmm. Maisie Hirono, the senator from Arizona, excuse me, the senator from Hawaii said, I think two years ago or a year ago, People don't realize how smart we are. They just needed to defer to us. Yeah. And they just have this belief that they know what's best for us. And when you have, and I think you have a few Congress people that actually conceal and carry as they're going to the, the Congress. But that's a good point because you have Dianne Feinstein. She's, a, she's the one that introduced the um, assault weapons ban, but all her bodyguards have firearms. Yeah. So it's it goes back to, and I bet you all these wealthy progressives have bodyguards that are armed. Mm-hmm. So why do they get security and the peasants don't? And we rely on the police. Who they're trying to defund. Who they're trying to defund. Uh, you know, it just it doesn't make sense. It just seems they're trying to weaken us at every... They're point. trying to control us. And remember what Barack Obama said in 2008. Oh, these people just cling to their guns and religion. Like we just sleep with our guns. That's it's a fundamental. To me, it's a fundamental right in the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. John, just because I have a gun in my bedroom does not mean I'm sleeping with it. Wrong. Yeah. That's good. So anything else before we depart? No. The only thing that I would bring up before we go into next week's podcast is this. I want our listeners to think. What comes out? What gets reported on? What comes out of this, these two shootings? How does the, what is fact? What's fiction? What is based off emotion more than what's based off fact and reality? So when we go into our podcast for next Thursday, we'll interview John Kennedy again. He's from Kennedy Consulting and he can answer all the legal questions. He can answer all the, the types of weapons that were used, because by that time we'll know hopefully what type of weapon was used. He can describe the difference between a rifle and assault weapon and all the different things when it comes to different firearms. All right. And then how can they do that, John? They can find us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. You can look us up on and leave messages on Facebook, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can go to Ubaldi Reports group on Facebook. And then also, just for our listeners, we will be doing live streaming these podcasts in April. 
So what we're going to do on the first podcast is just introduce who Joe Bits is, who I am, and what Ubaldi Reports is all about. The second podcast, we're going to talk about a particular issue that has some legs. could be immigration. It could be anything. And then we go from there. But I also would like to thank Heroes Media Group and all the listeners who are listening on that program. They've done a great job by placing our podcast on that. And Joe has also something to talk about what we're also going to be doing come all right so at the beginning of the month we're going to have a patreon set up for a uncensored podcast uh, it's going to be uh, as little as a dollar a show depending on what tier you purchase and that is going to be from the uncensored variety it's going to have a lot of more opinions and we're going to be very we're not going to be curbing our language on this one which i enjoy we get to really talk like two marines really do and it's going to be called the Ubaldi Reports Declassified, and we look forward to you guys signing on to that. And we also would like to, we'll hear from you guys. So keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Until next time, keep listening.